Hi, and welcome to the Happy Customer Podcast from Cognition24. I'm here today with Ruby Boast, and we're joined by Matt Crabtree from Positive Momentum. Matt Crabtree is the founder and principal partner of Positive Momentum. Matt founded Positive Momentum in 2003 because of repeated client-side experience of working with consultants who had little or no real-work experience. Today, he travels the world, often collaborating with other Positive Momentum partners, delivering services to a wide range of progressive companies. Matt also leads the Positive Momentum Partner Programme, helping other no-nonsense believers around the world to develop their own consulting businesses using the Positive Momentum Operating System, what he calls being independent, but not on your own. So hi, Matt, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me with you. No, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. So Ruby, did you want to uh, fire away with the question? Yes, of course. So welcome, Matt. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, please could you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ruby. Um, so I think Vicky's already said quite a bit of it. Um, other bits that might be vaguely interesting um, are that I'm a farmer's son, so I spent the first 20 years of my life in agriculture. Um, how a farmer's son ends up becoming a management consultant is probably uh, an entire boring podcast on its own. Um, but um, suffice to say, you know, what I learned growing up on the farm is that practicality and common sense matters. Things don't exactly uh, work in life if you don't have practicality and common sense. And so to the extent I've had any success at all, I think it's actually because of that upbringing. Um, I went to agricultural college, I left there, it wasn't a family farm to go home to, so I had to get a job, uh, got a job in sales, uh, working in central London, I'd come from the Midlands, as you can probably tell from my accent, so I was a bit of a fish out of water, uh, I did okay um, uh, as a salesperson, my career moved relatively quickly, um, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, the 90s were a pretty exuberant time commercially, um, and I managed to get into telecoms in the sort of mid-late 90s. And by the time I was 28, I was on the board of a half a billion dollar telecoms company. And then uh, I shifted just around the millennium and went to work for Barclays, uh, where I was one of the youngest senior execs at Barclays. Now, there are a lot of senior execs at Barclays, so it doesn't make me especially senior. But I ran a couple of businesses there um, and had a fantastic time. One of those businesses we sold and exited it for Barclays, and that gave me the chance to do something a little bit different. And so very nearly 20 years ago now, in fact, this time 20 years ago was when I was just about exiting or thinking about exiting corporate life and established a consulting company called Positive Momentum. It was a bit of an experiment, really, to be honest. I thought I might sort of try it and see how it goes. I was on my own, you know, I'd made a little bit of money in my corporate life. And so I thought I'd give it a bit of a blast. If I'm honest, I thought I'd probably end up back in a corporate job within a year or two. Uh, that's 20 years ago. I couldn't get a job now if I wanted one. So um, this is what I do um, for a living. And it's the second best decision um, after uh, managing to convince my wife to marry me um, that I've ever made. It's the best thing I've ever done. And I love every moment of it. Wow. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. So can you tell us a bit more about Positive Momentum? What services do you offer and how do you differentiate yourself? Oh, I see. How do we differentiate <laughs> ourselves? Good question. Um, let's do the differentiation bit first. You know, we're a management consulting business, right? It sounds fairly boring. It's sort of like, you know, saying you're an accountant or a lawyer or something. It's, just, you know, it's a generic industry. Um, what's a little bit different about us are two principal things. One is 
um, and you know, Vicky hinted at this at the beginning, we're all former business leaders. So, you know, consultants come in two flavors. Um, I mean, there are many more than that, but two principal flavors. One is, you know, get picked out of university uh, by, you know, some of the world's largest management consulting companies. There are some extraordinary career paths available to young people into management consulting businesses, grow up in consulting, learn their business smarts in consulting. But very often later, go and get a job in industry. So they move from being consulting side to client side. And that's a very familiar path. It's a well-trodden path, works very well. We're the other way around. So we're people who got jobs in industry, a variety of different industries. So across Positive Momentum, we cover an enormous array of industries as backgrounds. But then for whatever reason, at a certain point in their career, a bit like me, we decided for whatever reason we wanted to go and have a different kind of an existence, a more independent existence, but where we were still working with uh, large organizations all over the world. An independent consulting offers a path to that. And so we're not unique in this respect, but what's a little bit unusual about us is that we are all former leaders. Uh, you know, we're typically aged between sort of 40 and 60. Um, so we've had a good decade or two of, you know, challenging experience. We often talk about all of us have had triumphs and disasters in our corporate career. Um, and we bring that experience to bear for clients in a whole bunch of different ways. We do lots and lots of different things. We are a general management consulting business. So we help organizations to become more efficient, to grow their revenues better, to integrate um, acquisitions that they've made, to be better at developing their leaders to lead future teams, to develop uh, recruitment strategies, to help them with their sustainability strategies, uh, increasingly to help people with uh, more in better inclusion, or sometimes just to work on the entire strategy of a business at the highest end, and sometimes just helping somebody who's in a little bit of a difficult career hole and needs a little bit of independent advice to help them out of that, and sort of everything in between. We don't stand for a particular specialism. The last bit that might also be kind of interesting is that uh, in the last year or so, we've become what's called a certified B corporation. Now, if you know what a B corporation is, then you know all about it. Um, if you don't, uh, B corporations are certified to the highest standards of environmental and social responsibility. Um, as we are uh, at time of recording, there are 5,011 B Corps in the world. Um, there's been an extra thousand in the last year. There are some pretty big organizations that are B Corps. It's a very high bar. Um, it's much more difficult to get than I thought it was going to be. We applied three years ago and only got it a year or so ago, and we have to resubmit again in two years' time. Um, the expectations of an organization by uh, B Corp are very high, but we're very, very proud of it. Um, yes, partly because it differentiates us, but mostly just because it's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, and so we're trying to uh, tread as lightly as we can on the planet and make the most positive uh, social contribution we can make um, in not just in all of our work, but in the time that we have to allocate to the um, people we meet and the uh, the work that we do. Wow, thank you. Um, how would you say the pandemic has affected positive momentum? <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting couple of years. Hasn't it? <laughs> um, I was uh, we ran a client conference yesterday. Actually, a fantastic event about 150 
clients came along we, we used to run them every year before the pandemic so the last one we ran was back in 2019 so a lot of people were there that had that had been to that one and we sort of all looked at each other and went oh this is what we remember what we look like as sort of full three-dimensional beings this is amazing um so yeah it's been a shock for all of us and you know you, you can't underestimate can you the impact that it's had on people's personal lives you know we've lived through crises or i don't think you have ruby yet but vicky and i uh, perhaps have perhaps me more than vicky actually by the looks of things uh, but i you know i went into the world of work in the 1990s in a recession uh you know lived through the sort of dot-com crash of the 2000s financial crisis 2007 2008 and then you get a pandemic and you think well i've done this i've done crises before but we've never had anything where people's personal lives were so significantly affected where people have lost loved ones you know and have been some people got very now long-term illness as a consequence of this it's on a whole different level a whole different level and um you know what has it done for us we've learned massive amounts you know we've learned more in the last two years about ourselves as an organization and our clients than we ever imagined that that we would and and i think we are a materially better business as a consequence of it although ideally wish it never damn well happened commercially um we are very very lucky um we are in one of those industries that if you're in an industry that was severely affected by it, so if you're in a hospitality or travel I mean, you're just powerless to do anything about this. Whereas an organization like ours, we ended up being a net beneficiary. Now, March 2020 was a fairly white knuckle ride um, as we looked at most of the projects that we're doing that either got terminated or at the very least paused. And we made a decision as a community of consultants to spend most of March just listening and helping people. So we kind of got together virtually, of course, um, and uh, decided, right, you know, we are where we are. The world needs to get used to this thing. We need to, the world needs to make sense of it. Let's not panic. Let's just be helpful. And let's just say to our clients, if you need some help, you need some advice, don't worry about paying for anything anymore. Just call us. And, you know, if you just need somebody to kind of talk to and try and make sense of the extraordinarily tectonic event that's happened then we're here and so we just helped for a month sort of I mean not exactly a month but you know how it is and by the time April landed again I was just lucky that our business we are, we don't have hospitality clients we don't have airlines as clients we don't have any travel industry and that's not I'd love to tell you that's forethought and planning. It's nothing of the sort. It's just how our client base has worked out. And so actually it became fairly apparent fairly quickly that a lot of our clients were not commercially materially affected. Now, of course, they were organizationally. Everybody was affected working from home and all that kind of stuff. But actually the impact on some of them was not huge. And some of them were, were benefiting from it because of the nature of the business. And so our work came back. We pivoted very quickly to be able to really effectively work with people online. We'd always done that. So we've never had offices, for example. In 20 years, I've never had an office for the organization. And because I think for an organization like mine, I actually have always thought since the early 2000s, it's a bit environmentally irresponsible. You can buy as many low energy light bulbs as you like, but nothing quite beats not having a building. And we don't need one. 
better than that, we get access to talent. So we have we have a relatively small team of full time employees, but they all work from home and they have done for. I mean, we've had employees for about 17 years and we've never had an office. <laughs> so this working from home. Well, quite a lot as well. Obviously, before the pandemic, I'd imagine you were when you are doing management consultancy, are you on a client site quite a lot as well? Well, yes, but not always is the no. truth, Vicky. You know, so yeah, we we but we've always pr- frankly worked in a hybrid way. So yeah. th- now doing it completely, of course, was a change, but it wasn't as big a change for us as it might have been for others because we didn't have an office to go. We didn't have an office to shut down, <laughs> and clients. You know, we work with clients all over the world on you know, pretty much every time zone. And so we can't be with all of them all the time anyway. And honestly, the amount of airline travel that we were doing, I mean, I won't tell you how many flights I did in 2019, because I'm I'm quite ashamed of it. Now, you know, having a gold card used to be, you know, a sort of sign of prestige. Now, I think it's a sign of shame, right? I mean, I, I don't want that back. Um, but we were already very much working in a in a hybrid way so it's not desperately new but it is an of course an enormous global shift and it's worked to our advantage because we're perfectly happy working in the way that we are now we're perfectly happy we 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 know we can deliver results and we've been able to help other organizations make that pivot in the way they work as well so listen i don't want to underestimate the horrible impact on some industries and the tragedy of some businesses being, you know, terminally damaged by something they had no control whatsoever over, no fault of their own. Neither do I want to underestimate the enormous personal cost that people have had to family, friends and their own personal health. You know, none of these things any of us would have wanted. Um, We have to find tiny silver linings from this grey cloud. We have to. Otherwise, you know, how on earth do you make sense of it? And we've got to inculcate those learnings. And I think businesses are. I think businesses are more empathetic than they were. I think they're more flexible than they were. I think they're becoming more inclusive. Although, by goodness, we've got a long way to go on that front. And so I think the world has benefited in tiny ways from a dreadful, awful thing that, you know, we couldn't seemingly couldn't avoid. But, um, you know, we've got, we've got to make some good out of it. No, I totally agree with you. Um, in at cognition, I feel that we have, I, as we've bonded over this time as well. Um, you know, we were a very close team anyway, but the pandemic has. So we've lived through that time together. We did a morning. Um, we used to have a morning catch-up call every day, and you know, it was it was almost like a therapy session. So I feel like I'm a lot closer to my colleagues than I ever was pre-pandemic. I completely agree with that, Vicky. It's absolutely. Absolutely right. We we did things we'd never have done before. For example, one thing we did, I mean, we all got creative, didn't we? But we hired a, we, we, I went to a thing with another client. I don't know when it was, later in, sometime in 2020. And they hired a chef, this clever guy in Manchester, who was a chef at a great restaurant in Manchester. You know, he was out of work, you know, but really very talented. So he set up at home to be able to do cooking classes online, but like a part of and so we we had it. It was like three hundred and fifty quid. Everybody from the company joined in. We all bought our own ingredients and slightly, you know, home delivery ingredients. And we just spent two hours cooking together. I mean, 
when would you ever do that? I mean, you could go to a cooking school and do it, but that's always a bit kind of lame. This was brilliant. We were all at home having a drink, sending each other WhatsApp messages, some of us producing beautiful things exactly as he was describing, others of us completely messing it up. It was hilarious and brilliant and bonded us. You're you're so right. We are bonded in ways we never could have got bonded without this happening, although I wish it hadn't. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about one of your customers and how you've helped them? Um, yes, and no at the same time, right? So, <laughs> um, it, you know, we work necessarily in the background with our clients. Um, and so, you know, you can go on the website, positivemomentum.com, and you can see, you know, we talk about some of the clients that we deal with and there are some videos and case studies and things like that. Um, you know, th- those are, uh, yeah, it's good propaganda uh, and it's, you know, a good way of kind of describing to the world what we do. The problem with telling you a story of a client is what, what we do is rarely replicated. So I could tell you a story about one client that, that doesn't tell you what positive momentum does. It tells you what we did on that day for that client in that individual circumstance. And it's one of the weird things about management consulting. If you, you know, the big big beasts of the management consulting world are companies like McKinsey and Bain and Boston Consulting Group and and lots of the accounting firms have their own consulting practices. Um, I defy anybody to tell what is it specifically that any of them do and we're in the same category. We help organisations to change so that they can grow. It's that bland. Do you know what I mean? It's that bland. And growth means lots of different things to lots of different people. So we've helped organisations who've been having declining revenues turn that around and get back to positive revenues. We've had clients who've got back office processes that are, for no fault of their own, just historical legacy reasons, a bit broken, a bit of a mess, a bit lethargic, uh, plenty of inertia, and we go and help them untangle the soup a bit. We have clients who purchase a big company who do an acquisition and have to somehow bolt those two organizations together and have all sorts of cultural and strategic and commercial challenges of doing that and we help them to do that and on and on and on and on and on and you know consulting companies often don't enjoy an especially positive reputation you know you've got the consultants in them Um, I would have been one of those people by the way back in the day back in corporate life oh we've got consultants in we're paying them a fortune Um, I get it now I mean of course I do because I'm on the other side but actually consulting when it's done brilliantly is a is a flexible service is an on-demand service we've got a problem everybody's really busy we can bring people in we can pay them for a period of time then we can get rid of them (laughs) and everybody's okay with that (laughs) I mean, I used to work in consultancy as well, so I know exactly um, what you mean. I used to work in, um, I used to work for Tales, so um, I used to work some IT consultant, and um, and we used to, yeah, we used to sort of have to go in and sort of troubleshoot. But people were very suspicious of us as well. But we were the experts in what we were doing, so actually, it made their lives better. You know, we went in, transformed a piece of tech or processes, and actually left, and things were much better when we left. So exactly, I mean, that's the that's the that's the idea. I will say it doesn't always happen, right? So you, you, I'm sure with you um, it did. I, I will say it doesn't always happen. It's an inexact science. It's yeah. an inexact science. And there are lots of variables. And that's not some sort of 
pathetic excuse for not delivering, but it's why consulting companies exist and why the best enjoy really positive reputations because, you know, to your question, Ruby, we are happy to exist in the background mm. and, and we feel a obligation to make the lives of our clients and the businesses and the organizations of our clients more successful without needing any other reward than our invoice paid, right? And that it's a very, very self-selecting industry. You know, you, it's not something for the faint-hearted, frankly, because if you don't deliver for customers, you will never get hired again. And it's all about relationships. And so, you know, you can do all the marketing you like as a consulting company, but it, it, in the end, it's about network and relationships. You know, the biggest, some would argue the most respected consulting company in the world is McKinsey. McKinsey do relatively little what you would recognize as sort of traditional marketing. I mean, I'm not, don't say they don't market themselves at all. Of course they do, but not in a big way. If you know somebody at McKinsey, you know somebody at McKinsey and you hire them and you hire them not exactly because they're McKinsey, but because it's, it's Bob or Sharon that you know and you trust. And that that's, consulting is all about reputation, network, but it is fundamentally about delivery. And you don't deliver, you're toast. <laughs> you're toast really quickly. And so as much as people, and not everybody does, but people are, are skeptical, even cynical about consulting. The reality is, it, 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 you don't deliver, you've had it. You've had it fast, really fast. Anyway, I haven't exactly answered your question, Ruby. I'm sorry. No, no you have. You have it really well. Thank you. Um, what advice would you give to someone starting out their career? Well, starting out in any career. Yeah, any okay. career. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, I can I can only speak from the perspective of a, of a sort of corporate commercial career. Yeah. That's yeah. been my Both background, you know. If somebody wants an academic career or, a, <laughs> a, you know, a career you know. something else, it might be a bit different. Um, so a, a few things. One, uh, understand that we, we live in, and you know this, Ruby, better than Vicky and I do, we live in an information generation, an explosion of information. And so you're going to start your career, read, learn, listen, do what you're doing, ask questions, be vulnerable and open. Um, there, I, I think there are a lot of stereotypes applied to generations. I don't think your generation, Ruby, is particularly different to mine. That may not be popular with some listeners. Because there are lazy stereotypes, I think, about oh, you're snowflakes and you're Gen Zs and you want it all on a plate and you want to be the CEO tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just, I just, I don't recognise that. I don't recognise that in you. I've known you better part of your life, and I, I don't recognise that in you. Uh, by the way, when I was your age, there were people who acted in an entitled, disinterested, wanted everything immediately way. So personally, I don't really get the over-stereotyping because I've seen that behaviour through the whole of my commercial life. Um, there's an amazing book that you might know and some listeners might have read called um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And in, in Mindset, um, Carol Dweck talks about there being kind of two types of people. There are people with a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, talks about Carol Dweck's um, principles. 
And basically, what when Satya talks about it, and Carol uh, in the book talks about fixed mindset people are the know-it-alls and growth mindset people are the learn-it-alls. And um, Satya did a brilliant interview with the Wall Street Journal where he said, you know, we know how the story goes, right? The know-it-alls often do really well academically and then start to fall back in their career. The learn-it-alls sometimes need to be that because they find things more challenging academically. But as they get into their corporate career, they start to pull ahead of the know-it-alls because they want to learn. And so the best piece of advice I ever got given was stop telling everybody what you think and ask them what they think. Um, I, I can have, and anybody listening to this who knows me pretty well will know, I can have know-it-all tendencies. And I know I have to fight them because I know they're not helpful. And I know what helped me most at the beginning in my career to get the kind of acceleration I wanted. Others may not want it, right? I, I'm not saying it's brilliant to be to do what I did. I'm saying it's the choice I made um, for good and, and ill. And by making that choice, I had to learn to be vulnerable. I had to learn to ask questions. I had to learn to build a network. All the things that somehow people seem to think are some sort of new idea. And in the 1990s, all I was doing was learning and modeling and watching and asking annoying questions and, you know, paying attention and making notes. And when I didn't understand something, put my hand up and said I didn't understand it. And, you know, once the Internet became a thing, research the living daylights out of everything. And I still do that today. <laughs> There's nothing different about being for me about being 52 versus 22. The same things work because the world that I started working in, everything I learned in the 1990s is now pretty useless. I now have to, to stay live to business trends and to the extraordinary tectonic shifts that are happening in the world of commerce. I have to keep learning. So learn, ask questions, build network. That's great. Thank you so much. What was that, Vicky? <laughs> thank you I think that's everything so thank you very much for joining us today really appreciate it and sharing so much insight and great advice so thank you very much Matt Ruby it's an absolute pleasure it's lovely to be interviewed by you having <laughs> you grow up and mature and become the poised businesswoman that you are <laughs> we can't wait in the Crabtree household to see what Ruby Bose does with her career so it's very <laughs> nice to be interviewed but I hope you'll remember me when you're rich and famous <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're very welcome